News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman in association with Air on News Talk. We are staying uh, with this issue of the housing crisis at the moment because new figures out show that seventy-seven thousand is the median total a couple will have to earn to buy their first home. The figures were released by the Banking and Fa- uh, Banking and Payments Federation. It's an increase of €6,000 since 2019. A comedian, Rory, Rory O'Connor, a.k.a. Rory's Stories, recently got on the property ladder, but not before he and his wife spent seven years renting and one year in Rory's parents' house to save for a mortgage. For anyone that has having to move back in with their parents, like, listen, very grateful to have parents to allow us to move in, but it's not exactly living the dream, we'll say. It was, it's tough, like, and we had two kids at the time, so it's very difficult. Like, at the end of the day, unless you have a doctor married to a professional footballer, like, you know, it's a big struggle because you're trying to pay rent. The rent is going through the roof at the minute, as you know. Then you have, say, childcare potentially, and just living in general. Like, so how are you meant to? How are you meant to say for a mortgage? So something's going to have to give from for sure. Okay, that was the comedian Rory O'Connor there. For more on this, we're joined by Brendan Burgess, founder of the Consumer Forum, askaboutmoney.com. Brendan, you've been writing about this um, and you're writing in the Sunday Times uh, and you wrote, we won't be able to solve the housing crisis until we have grown up honest conversations about the various issues that are causing the housing crisis. Tell us more. What do you mean by that? Well, there's a whole, a whole pile of completely mad things happening in the housing market at the, at, in the housing market at the moment. I mean, for example, if if, if um, you know Dunleary Rathdown Council is paying uh, just under eight hundred thousand euros to buy luxury apartments to provide social housing, and uh, you know why are they spending eight hundred thousand euros to to house house one family? in an apartment in Dundrum when they could be building or, or buying three houses in the commuter area. My big argument is that first-time buyers are finding it very, very difficult to get on the housing ladder. And if, for example, you're living in Dublin, you're going to have to go out into the far suburbs or the commuter bed, out to Wicklow, out to uh, Dundalk, out to Leash, somewhere like that to get on the housing ladder. Yet, the local authorities must provide accommodation in their own area. So Dublin City Council must provide accommodation in the Dublin City area. Now, that to me is absolutely nonsense. If it's good enough for a first-time buyer to commute, then people in receipt of social housing should be required to commute. Interesting argument. Can I just just to tease that out a little bit? uh, The argument against that would be, we tried that in the 1970s. We built towns out in the, in the suburbs, lots of social housing, no infrastructure, no services. It proved disastrous. Well, you know, the, the first-time buyers who are going out to places are finding it, uh, no infrastructure, no services. It's disastrous for them. Like, they have to live with that. I mean, that, you know, I agree with that in your earlier story about the Department of Education saying don't build these houses because there's no school for them. You know, we have to plan all of this. We've got to get all of this right. I'm just arguing that first-time buyers should not be put at a huge disadvantage to social housing. I mean, it's not even, they're not even getting a level playing field. You know, they're, they're way behind. The other thing that's happening is if you decide, if you have 300,000 euros to invest, Shane, you know, you can buy a house, rent it to the local authority for on a long-term lease, mm-hmm. and they will give you 
the rent on that and they will maintain it and they will look after it. It's just like an investment for you. It doesn't matter to you about whether the tenants pay the rent or not because they'll be paying the rent a couple of hundred euros a month to the local authority. You could be collecting two grand a month from the local authority as the landlord. And so why would you, why would you rent that to me as a private tenant when I say to you, well, do you know what, I don't feel like paying you the rent this month. And then there's nothing you can do about it. It'll take you two years to get me out. So the whole, the whole area of the favouring of social housing over the private fire. Okay. Uh, uh, although, private Brent, I, I do have to point out that people who are, who are using um, the HAP system uh, to, to try and rent accommodation say that when they turn up and say they're HAP tenants, that the landlord in many cases doesn't want to know. Yeah, HAP is slightly different in, in the sense that, um, you know, what I was referring to there was the long-term leasing. Uh, you know, I, if I had a property, if I lease it to the local authority, the local authority pays me the rent. If I take on a tenant to the HAP system, to the best of my knowledge, the local authority continues to pay the, or the Department of Social Welfare or whoever pays the, the money to the tenant and the tenant might pay it to me or not as they see fit. Okay. So that's a different issue. Yeah, no, I, can't, I can't get my... If I, if I rent a house to somebody privately and I need to get that house back because I want to sell it or whatever, it's very, very difficult. So it's just one of these very strange... Um, uh, situation uh, yeah. that we have everything is on like there was a, a housing commission recently set up it should have been called the social housing commission there were three representatives of social housing bodies on that there's no one there representing the private owners the private owners are just not being uh, the private okay the, the uh, would be private buyers are not being heard in your in your piece what i liked about it was you set out what you believe were some solutions people can disagree or agree with them but there um you did lay out uh, solutions one of them going back to the social housing program you said they, that they should be built in less expensive uh, city uh, sites uh, what else do you think we should be doing well, the first thing that we should be doing is there, you know, we should be making an absolute commitment that we want to bring down the price of new houses. And the, go- the government can, at a stroke, abolish VAT on uh, starter homes suitable for first-time buyers. Okay. Then we can abolish development levies. Then we can abolish the social housing. The, the local authorities are, or sorry, the, the developers are required to, to provide 10% of every new development uh, to the local authority. Effectively, that means that the other 90% of their private purchases are paying for those. So they should all be abolished. I'm Is that not desirable to have that kind of social mix? I must say it's something I, I, I would prefer to see the social mix than that huge tracts of, of, of social housing, um, which hasn't worked that well, well in the past. My, my absolute priority at this stage is that things must be tilted back towards the private first-time buyer and the private renter, and they must be allowed. At the moment, most of the apartments being built at the moment around the country are being built to rent. So private buyers just can't get at them. A lot of those are being bought by investors and then rented to the local authorities for social housing. So, you know, we, 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 I, I think a social mix is a good idea, but we can't have everything. And the main priority at the moment is that first-time buyers should be able to buy houses. And these first-time buyers on what I would call moderate incomes, the, the, um, the Banking Payments Federation report today said that 
a salary of 80,000 seems to be needed. A joint salary, yeah, yeah. You know, a a combined family income of 80,000. You you also make the point that um, we don't need uh, Rolls-Royce starter homes. Most people would be happy to start in a mini. Yeah, we we have a terrible habit in this country of uh, saying we must have fantastically high standards. And there are, like, we do need standards, but the standards make it uh, impossible are unviable for developers to build apartments. You know, there's, I, I, there are so many requirements imposed on them. Everyone must be a fantastic apartment. You know, yeah, now you, you know what people will say when we didn't have those standards. Look what happened. Look at the, some of the disastrous apartment developments that were built. Yeah, I mean, look, I look the big. A lot of the problem here is with implementation. But a good example of this is the bedsits. The government about 10 years ago said, bedsits no longer, we don't want them anymore. And the effect of all that is that students who used to live quite happily, you know, in three years, for three years, in the likes of Ranelagh and Rutt Mines in Dublin and go into Trinity or UCD, living in bedsits, they are no longer available. So now their choice is a very expensive one-bedroom apartment at 1,500 or 2,000 euros a month, or else... Uh, stay with their parents and commute in. And like that's the sort of nonsense we get on with. Uh, allow people pay. I mean, most people I know, students and lower income people, would prefer to rent a bedsit at 700 euros a month than uh, pay, pay 1,500 euros a month for a one-bedroom apartment. And okay. so that's the type of stuff that we've got to be careful about when we bring in legislation to improve standards or to set out with good intentions that we don't exclude a whole pile of people from the market. Okay, we will leave it there. Brendan Burgess, founder of the Consumer Forum, askaboutmoney.com. Let us know your views. Do you agree uh, with what Brendan was saying there? 5216 at a cost of 30 cents. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News